Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 309 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing awesome and having a wonderful day. So today's podcast session is actually with two friends from grad school. Dr. Aaron Averett and Dr. Jordana Mortimer. Aaron and Jordana are actually both child neuropsychologists. Uh, they both have independent private practices. Jordana's out in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Aaron out is out in Amarillo, Texas. And they have been friends for 15 years since uh, the start of grad school. And they have always had this idea to start a business together. But obviously, they're in two different cities. And and this year, this sort of all came to fruition. They developed a company called Mind and Child. And they developed and launched their first online course, which is a parenting 101 course for parents under or for with for kiddos under the age of 12. So basically taking a lot of the lessons that they have learned in terms of parenting, but then intersecting that with research and data and all of that stuff and creating this pretty awesome course. And today, Aaron and Jordana are here to share this journey of all of it. And uh, we're going to learn a ton of different things. More specifically, we start out this conversation, just where did this idea even come from? And, you know, what's really interesting about this conversation is Jordana and Aaron are learning a lot. Like, for example, they're learning that, you know, the marketing side of an online course, that that takes a lot of time and energy and all of those things. And how do they approach this? What social media channels did they pick? How do they intentionally pick them? And down to sort of these kind of practical things, how do they decide who posts on social media? What does their schedule look like? How do they figure out what gets posted on social media? All of those different things. And then we wrap up with this conversation of like, what's been the hardest part of like becoming, being close friends, but then also being business partners as well. And how do they sort of navigate that intersection? So we'll get to today's podcast conversation. Here's my conversation with Jordana Mortimer and Aaron Averett. Hey, Jordana, hey, Aaron, it's so wonderful to see you both. Welcome to Selling the Couch. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. We're excited to be here. You know, it's actually crazy. I was thinking about this. I think this is the first three-person interview that I've ever done. I was wondering, I was kind of, you know, I listened to your episodes and was looking through a few of the past ones, and I had wondered if you had done this before. Yeah, I'd never done it. So we'll see how this goes. Okay, guys. (laughs) 
<laughs> good. Glad to be guinea pigs. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you guys are definitely the guinea pigs. But the good thing is we do have videos, so we can at least see each other and hopefully not interrupt one another. But I'm, I'm sure we'll be perfectly great. One, before we even jump in, it's crazy how time flies. We were in grad school together. I was in the counseling psych PhD program. You guys were in the school psych program. And I remember we had like some overlapping classes. Aaron, it's so random, like one of like actually the lasting memories of you is actually not at TW. It's when we ran into each other at the village that one time. I agree. Yeah. That's what pops in my mind the most often too. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's an amazing thing that we are doing things with our careers that we would have never imagined. I mean, I remember those like first counseling classes and those first assessment classes. I'm like, okay, I got to try to figure out how to get a job right after all of this, not, you know, launching courses like you guys are doing and podcasts and like I'm doing and all of that stuff. So one, I'm just grateful for both of you and grateful, I think, for your courage to step out and to do things that you feel passionate about and you feel called to do. Thanks for saying that, Melvin. That, that means a lot. And I think we've, we've also looked up to you over the last seven years to, to see everything that you've done. And it, it's cool to watch what's come out of our program. Yeah, it, it has been been really cool. Jordana, where did like the idea of mind and child come from? Sure. So we kind of just posted recently about like our origin story, if you will. And so the great thing about grad school, being able to be close friends with Aaron over the many years, we had so many presentations and things, you know, we're being encouraged to publish in grad school. And so we would go, our husbands joked that we went on more vacations together uh, with each other than with them because we would have to go and present in California or wherever it may be. So one time we were traveling on a plane and we just had this idea that we wanted to be working together. Uh, and we came up with a name that we are not using because it wasn't necessarily the best, but it was a fun acronym at the time. And so it kind of started from there. And then Aaron moved away. Uh, and so we're quite a few uh, hundred miles apart, but have become closer friends over the years. And then more recently, we really have been passionate about helping as many families as we can before they have to come see us in our private practices and being able to share information with families to make it more peaceful at home and to uh, for parents to feel well-equipped and that they can encourage their children and kind of bring them up to be the people they want to be and use strategies that work and are effective and make them feel more at ease and help children learn skills. And we wanted to push that out for all families rather than just the few families that we get to see based on just scheduling. You can only see so many in a private practice at a time. And so that's really where it came from is being able to help families uh, and see it more on a bigger basis rather than just the few we get to see per week. Yeah. I mean, I love that emphasis also. And then the other thing you said was thinking about how to help before, right? Things sort of hit that inflection or that crisis point, right? And giving families tools. I mean, it is when we learn about this in grad school, right? And how, you know, so many people don't have that training, right? Or that, that skill set, right? And I mean, it's, it's a wonderful gift to be able to, to, that you guys are offering. So it's one thing to have an idea, right? I feel like many of us are amazing at ideas, but it's another thing to actually like execute the idea, right? So Mind and Child is, it, it's a great name. I, I feel like you can do so many things with it. <laughs> How did you guys narrow this down to like, hey, we're going to start with the course or, you know, like, 
And I'm just kind of curious about that. So I'd say it, the idea started a few years ago. Jordana and I are both testing psychologists. And so we, we do a lot of evaluations and then we give recommendations. To, and we love that role. The frustrating part to that is we get like an hour, an hour and a half at the end of the evaluation to talk to parents. But there was one point a few years ago where we had a, the idea to swap recommendation lists to see if we can get ideas off of each other. And we did that and I paid somebody to help merge them. And then we realized that we had basically the exact same recommendation list. And that cued us of like, hey, there's some universally effective strategies that even on the opposite sides of Texas, we are both recommending to parents. And these are not just skills that we're, we should be teaching parents who are already in crisis. They're also things that we're using at home with our families and we think could be effective for all kids. So that's really where it started. In terms of like coming to the name, we have lots of silly ideas in there, but we wanted to incorporate the fact that we're both cool neuropsychologists, that there's a bit of the brain and, and the mind in what we do. And then our wonderful production crew for the videos actually came up with the idea for Mind and Child. We, we had a lot of other options that were not, not as great. We needed some creative minds to get in there and help us narrow it down. And, and it just clicked and it seemed to fit with what we were wanting to do. Yeah, it definitely rolls off the tongue. And then also, I feel like, I mean, I struggle with this. When you're so much in a topic, it's really hard to take that step back and be like, okay, what's something that's like, clear and easy to understand, but creative and catchy as well, you know? Yeah. We also found that when we were giving some of these same recommendations, parents were already so overwhelmed. And then we didn't want to take things from books, but we knew that a lot of time parents didn't have the time because they were already frustrated to go through and read a whole book. And so then it was like, okay, well, what is a great way to get information where it's a lower time commitment, it's getting straight to the point, it's helping as quickly as possible. And so I was like, okay, well, this is kind of where culture is right now. Everyone's watching things. Uh, it's easy access. You can do it in multiple locations rather than kind of being stuck, you know, reading and then feeling overwhelmed because you're not sure how to apply it to your situation. So we thought this was a good crossover. Yeah. And then the cool thing is, I mean, you're essentially distilling information from your lives as parents, but also through research, right? So it's like you're weaving in these the the research with the practical, which I think is so, it's so powerful, you know. A course is like, I mean, it, I, I think a lot of therapists want to create an online course, right? And I mean, all of us have created one and it's not easy, right? For you guys, what was some of the hardest parts of creating the course? For one, it was not creating like an eight hour course, getting, you know, making it feasible for parents to listen to so we ended up with about 95 minutes worth of content in this course, but then just trying, like not making it too general and giving specific points, but, but keeping the time manageable. And then what we found is, I think we were expecting that once we filmed the course, our job would be done. And I just think that we're finding out that everything that happens after you film the course takes more time than you were expecting. What are some of those things after? Like that you're like, oh, wait, I could account for this. Yeah. So we, we probably did things a little backwards in that we had the idea for the course. We wrote the content. We filmed it. We sat for a few weeks. And then after talking to our team and some marketing people, we realized that 
we needed to go ahead and start marketing ourselves before the course came out. So then it was at that point that we started our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. And then we just, just within the last week started a blog and then, and, and that's kind of where we and started making ads and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like a, there's definitely multiple layers to it. I, I think what sometimes gets emphasized is absolutely right. Is the actual planning and the creation part of it. Right. But yeah, this is something I've learned too. the marketing side of it. And then the validation side of the course, those are like two, perhaps even more important kind of things, especially in the initial, you know, initial stages until you hit that sort of inflection point, you know, validation. Do you mean like testimonials validation? I mean, like making sure that the content that you're creating, that people actually want it. Right. Right. Because I think like a lot of, and this is something I've struggled with, which is, I feel like I've, a great idea for a course, but what if nobody actually wants to buy it, you know? So you end up spending a lot of time and money. Yeah. So, but the other side of that is like, you know, having like a small group of like a pilot group or something going through your material, seeing like if everything checks out, anything's confusing, anything feels overwhelming. I think that can also lead to sort of feature like testimonials for the course itself, right? So that when you actually, I mean, like personally for me, like I like to teach it live before I create the digital version for that reason, because then when the digital version's out, out there, then you kind of have uh, testimonials from your like beta testers or your pilot group before. But that's just one way to do it, you know? So Yeah, we definitely pushed ourselves upon some people to check things out and see how it worked. And, and we did get good feedback. And it's been interesting because I think it's kind of outside of our normal skill set in trying to sell ourselves you know, and sell our product when normally we're just here to help, but we don't necessarily have to say like, Hey, come here. We're over here. Let us help you. It just tends to happen a bit more naturally in private practice versus, Hey, we created this course. We think it's really great. We think you need it. And how can we tell you why we think that it would be so beneficial for your family? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah, that, that part is, it's a different mindset, right? Like, but I I feel like, you know, what's been so helpful for me is like seeing the these things that we create, like, I know you guys, like, I know your hearts, right? Like, it's coming from this genuine desire to help. And I think if you sort of tap into that and say, like, this is out of a genuine desire to help, I think the messaging and the communication, all of that stuff will become a lot more clear. And it then I think the other side of it is it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Because people understand your humanity and the intent behind it, you know? That's right. We just started the blog. And I that's one thing that we're enjoying the most about the blog is that this feels the most genuine and that we're not trying to be super professional and polished. Like in the video course, we don't have to be as succinct and direct as we are on social media, but we can just be ourselves. That has been feeling good to us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, there's a great article. I don't know if you guys have run across it. I think Kevin Kelly, thousand true fans. So I'm going to, I'm going to probably butcher the mouth on this. But <laughs> A thousand people paying a hundred dollars a year is a hundred thousand dollars. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> double check my math on that. But but uh, that was like so liberating for me because like I think sometimes we feel like when we create these courses, right? Like it has to be. We have to reach like tens of thousands of people for it to be sustainable, right? But I mean, there's thousand parents just in the cities that you work in, you know. So you guys were. You said you got. Uh, you did Facebook. Instagram and now the blog. How did you like? I feel like a lot of therapists struggle with the marketing and specifically picking social media to to market like a product. How did you guys 
go about like deciding, hey, we want to focus on Facebook and Instagram and, and blog? We did consult with some professionals who know a lot better about social media aspects and advertising and are still getting some support there for sure. And just kind of went over information related to, you know, how many users are on certain platforms and how easy it is in certain platforms to kind of share your information. Definitely Facebook and Instagram are what we use the most and Instagram a bit more than Facebook just because of reels in particular. And then again, another skill set we didn't know we would need to have is social media skills, especially when we haven't necessarily been the biggest users of them previous. I think just a little bit of age-wise and when it became popular. So learning how to kind of put yourself out there again and really kind of laying it all out with also showing a professional side, but that you're still human. And that has been interesting while also knowing kind of the research on social media and being aware of that. And how do you manage putting your business out there, but then also still having boundaries with family and not always picking up your phone or device to see like a direct judgment of whether or not someone liked the product that you just put out. Uh, even if it's only you know 10 seconds, we've kind of had to do some checking back and forth of like, okay, wow, we don't have to take it personally if someone didn't like that or we didn't get enough likes. So experiencing that, I think on the psychologist side of what young people and uh, teenagers and children are feeling has been pretty uh, insightful. Yeah, I would imagine so. Like practically, so there's the mind and child like Instagram channel, right? Again, these are going to be like silly questions. Do you guys, you guys both have access to that, right? And so how do you coordinate like Jordana, you cover, you cover personal thing on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like, you know, how do you sort of coordinate that and interactions and all of that? Well, in the beginning, it was rough. So I made a, a paper calendar and we just, it was like, Jordana had Monday and Tuesday and I had Wednesday and it was going back and forth. Just over the last month or two, we've started alternating weeks. And so if it's my week, I do all the posts, the reels, the engagements of, you know, commenting on other people's posts, responding to questions, responding to messages. And that has been a, a better system because we can either be on or off and we get a, more of a break from it. Yeah. I mean, the boundaries I think are so key. Like I've had to take I'm on Instagram, but I'm not active on Instagram. I've gotten started getting like a lot more active on Twitter, but I had to take Twitter off my phone because I was like, I cannot do this like notification left and right. And But I love how you guys are thinking that like the whole week long break, that's so smart. And that's like, it's a great advantage when you have like a, a co-partner in this, right? That you can divide up stuff like that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's, I can't imagine well, I don't think the course would be available if I didn't have a partner to uh, carry the load because it was a lot and it's still a big learning curve with figuring things out and to bounce ideas off of someone who has the same ultimate goal as you has been amazing. I don't think it, I, actually, I know it would not have happened if I was trying to do it by myself, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I think, I feel like as I get older, I get like a little wiser. And one of these things is you quickly realize like how dependent and interconnected we all are, you know, and we can do, we can go a lot further when we have other people that are supporting us. You know, you guys were talking before we started the podcast conversation about some of the technical stuff that went into actually recording this. So like, I wonder if we could dive into this because I mean, some of this stuff, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, so you guys had, I guess, tell us a little bit about the background. So one of you guys had, had some friends. So I have a, a lifelong friend named Matt Rally, who is probably 
my oldest friend. I knew him in elementary school and, and we were friends in different phases of life. He was best friends with my husband before he was my husband. So a lot of connections there. And he has a video production company. And so I had, and I've seen his work. I knew it was really high quality. They've won an Emmy before. I mean, they're, they're wonderful. So I reached out to him and we, it, it was such a good connection. We, we went with them right away, but it, it, it did blow our minds on how complicated it was. So before the first day of film, it was five days of filming. So it's three, 10 to 12 hour days of Jordana and I actually teaching the lessons. And then two days of what they call B-roll, which is where they were shooting our family and then a few other families kind of doing the actions that we were talking about. And so then the, the video cuts between Jordana and I talking on the chairs to, to background video of our families. So before we started, they sent us a call sheet on the first day. And so they were going to show up at my house at 7 a.m., but we weren't going to start filming until like lunch or after lunch. And we couldn't figure out what they were going to be doing in that five-hour span. And then we quickly realized they were doing a lot. There were, I think on that first day, there were six people at our house. So the producer, the director of photography, the sound guy, and then a couple of different grips. And then they had their own photographer that was there filming it. And just, it took hours for them to set up lighting. We filmed it in my house. So they were moving furniture all around and getting the set up. Oh, they had a production designer there, set designer, who made the background look nice. It was way more complicated than we anticipated. Yeah, it was a little overwhelming because it felt, I guess, maybe more real rather than what you envision when you're going to record a, a course. And so sitting in those chairs and having so many cameras around pointed at you and all the different lights set up and sheets hanging up to block light that was coming in from windows, it felt real, <laughs> really real. How did you guys, this is something I struggle with, but when a camera is facing you, I feel like I go into like deer in headlight mode and like, oh, what am I supposed to say? How do you manage? Because you know this stuff, right? And you know what you want to say. But then it's different like when, you know, you guys are at a coffee shop talking about this, right? Versus like when a camera's on you. How did you manage that challenge when a camera's on you and you have to speak about this? It was definitely, an, <laughs> I was going to say, it was definitely an adjustment. And one thing we talked about with the, our production crew's name is Make. So with the Make crew is, oh, like we can rattle this stuff off so easily. We do this with parents all the time. But it, it was very different being in front of a camera. And they did have a, a teleprompter. So we wrote out our main points and it's pretty interesting. So we were, the teleprompter went right in front of the camera lens. So you're still staring at the lens, but then what we got stuck on doing is just reading. And so over the course of filming, we had to find that balance between having the teleprompter prompt what we were wanting to say, but still being able to be natural with it. Yeah. Jordana, what was it like for you? Oh, I would just say, yes, the answer was teleprompter aiding us. <laughs> for sure, because we also wanted to be able to make it as succinct and direct as possible. It's like getting right to the point. And in conversation, you know, you go on tangents or that makes you think of something else or you use a different example. So we just had to learn how to use like some really great bullet points to kind of support and direct us to where we need to be so that our videos could be as easily digestible to parents as possible. Yeah. I mean, I think... I don't know if you guys struggle with this, but I feel like psychologists especially struggle with this where the perfectionism sort of kicks in and they're like, I have my bullet points, but I could have said it this way next time or it's would have been better. And 
yeah, but I think definitely like the bullet points and the, you know, that's like definitely the way to go. And just giving yourself enough like grace to say like, hey, this time I might say it this way and next time I might say it a little bit differently. And, and both of those are okay, you know. They did send us some outtake of our bloopers and it's probably some of our favorite footage is uh, reliving some of those funny moments and kind of the inside jokes that happen you know, with the crew when you're with them for so many hours a day and having a good attitude about mistakes and fixing them. And, you know, your mouth not always working the way that you want and you say funny things, but it's fun to look back fondly on those days when you're working pretty hard. Are you guys going to post that on social at all? The bloopers? Yeah, we, I think we will. Yes. Yeah. I think that that would be so cool. Cause I think because it's such high quality, like I would imagine like it probably intimidates some folks and you get to see like maybe the the human side of all of this, right? Like, like Jordan, as you said, when your mouth doesn't quite work, and uh, you end up saying random stuff, right? So I wanted to ask you guys a, a final question, which is, what's like the hardest part of you guys are close friends, you guys have, you know, a long relationship, you spend a lot of time together, but now you're business partners as well. And so how do you I feel like if there's anyone that manages this, it would be the two of you like, well, how do you manage it and walk through that? You want to cover it, Jordana? Or do you want me to? Way we both can. So we have kind of been thinking about this. And for us, what's funny is, you know, we just went on a a couple's vacation together and we have been friends since the first year in grad school. So it's 15 years. So it's certainly not a new friendship. It's, it's a long lasting one. And we've been through a lot of things together between surgeries already that our families have had and babies and opening practices and just big life stuff has happened to us. And Everything about us doing the course together has actually been beneficial to our friendship. There hasn't been a, a part at all, thankfully, somehow where it's been divisive or we've had different thoughts or opinions. It's definitely been a team approach. We kind of have the same goal and have been focused on getting there. And if anything, we enjoyed our time working on something together so much, so much that we really hope we get the opportunity if this course is successful to do some other ones because we enjoyed it and have gotten closer and our husbands have gotten closer because of it. And all four of us have gotten closer. And that has certainly been a blessing. Yeah. I would say the, the short answer is there really hasn't been a hardship related to our friendship. It It's just helped the process along. I think Jordana and I are, are so close and know each other so well that it, it's pretty effortless. And we can, we do have a plan now the week on week off, but even without a plan, we read each other well enough to know like, oh, I need to pick up right here. Or she can read like, oh, Aaron's very stressed out. I'm going to pick up today and do a few more things. So that's very natural. And in terms of developing the course content, I would say Jordana and I agree on probably 92% of it. And then the the small percentage that we have slightly different opinions on, it, it helped. We were able to work together to really sharpen up the course and, and to make it, I feel like, very good because of our subtle differences and our ability to work together. Yeah, I think uh, what I hear in that is like, you both have like, a perspective on it, but then you have the joint humility to realize that when you combine both of those perspectives together, maybe it, it ends up creating something even more beautiful than the individual thoughts that you had, you know, definitely. I'm grateful for you both. So a couple of things. One, uh, where can we learn about mind and child? And then I would love to know individually about your your practices and what you guys are up to and and definitely uh, let us know about that. Yeah, absolutely. So our website is mindandchild.com and then we have an Instagram page and a Facebook page that are both mind and child. 
And then our video course is called Parenting 101, and it serves as an introduction to parenting course for parents of kids 12 and under. Uh, what we focus on for the main part of the course is helping parents to add skills in, to develop the relationship with their kids, to, to prevent the behaviors that they're not wanting. And then we do specifically go into teaching parents very specific skills to stop negative behaviors before they happen and then what to do and how to remediate together as a family. So mindandchild.com and then the course is Parenting 101. And then my private practice is based in Amarillo, Texas. And I see children and adolescents and young adults for, at this point, mostly testing for diagnostic reasons. A lot of my referrals are for ADHD or learning disabilities or autism or, or more broad emotional concerns. Perfect. Erin, thanks for that. And Jordana? Yeah. So my private practice is in Fort Worth, Texas. And very similarly, I'm doing testing to help determine um, whether or not there is a diagnosis in order for us to be able to provide some really great research-based techniques. So we're both kind of on the same wavelength there. And that's kind of also what kind of drove us to this, right? Is so that we weren't having to do testing for diagnosis. So we, I see also kids about ages two to 25 for a wide variety of different uh, areas of concern. Awesome. And then quickly, the uh, websites where we can learn more about both of the practices. My website is erinaveretphd.com. And mine is brainstormlearningllc.com. Awesome. Erin, Jordana, super grateful for you both. Grateful that we've been able to reconnect after so long and just amazed at all the things that you guys are doing in the world and the ways that you're serving families. Thank you, Melvin. Thank you for having us. And thank you for everything that you do. Yeah. Thanks for letting us come on here and share about it. And we are still so excited to see all the things you're doing and how you're helping support other psychologists and therapists. It's been pretty awesome. You're so welcome. Have a great rest of your day. Okay. All right. Bye. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jordana and Aaron, and especially if you have been thinking about a, a partnership with, uh, with a friend that I hope that today's podcast session just gives you some new ideas and new inspiration. And also, if you've been thinking about an online course, I hope that today's podcast has just given you sort of a new perspective. I really, I know I've shared this on a previous episode before, but I had a supervisor, gosh, it's been 12 years ago now when I was on internship and who shared with me that to view the skills that we acquire as a skill set that can be deployed or used in different arenas versus just sort of confined to certain arenas, right? Like the therapy room, for example. And that was just so liberating for me because I think it gave me creative permission in some strange ways. I think it allowed me to tap into sort of my inner child that I think was always there. And as I was like having this conversation with Jordana and Aaron, it was just so neat to see how they've been able to take something that they're passionate about and create something that ultimately like serves other families and, and serves really well. Uh, I forgot to mention this, the actual interview, but uh, as you were listening to it, you might have been feeling like, oh my gosh, like I don't know that I can afford or have connections to do like a whole video team you know, to put all of this together. That's not, of course, a necessity at all. I've never done a video team or any of those things for any of my online courses. And I think the the key, what, I wanted them to share that because just to see like the the neat things that you can do and the, and the ways that you can 
improve quality and all of those different things. And at the same time, realizing at the, at the heart of it, being a good teacher and being able to take lots of information and being able to distill it into essential kernels of truth are actually some of the most powerful things that we can do. Jordana and Aaron's the website for the course is over at mindandchild.com. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time. Bye. I wanted to invite you to download the free online course guide if you are thinking about launching an online course and just want some things that have been helpful uh, for me and some of the tough lessons that I learned along the way. You can again download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, we're actually starting a live cohort called Online Course School. This is a great opportunity to join with other therapists to validate and launch and record your online course. The best way to find out about this and to keep updated when the cohort launches is to download, again, the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.